Hello, everybody. We're back again to the SAP Learning Insights podcast. Again today with Kate Wilson, our resident SAP S4HANA expert. If you're not familiar with her, uh, check out our first podcast covering S4HANA and her background. Um, today, Kate is going to go over and take us through Rise with SAP S4HANA and uh, tell us what it is and why it matters. Uh, Kate, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. All right, let's let's cut straight to it and go right into it. So I admittedly did not pay as much attention to the rollout of Rise as I should have. Hopefully, my manager is not listening to this. Um, hope, so, from but however, from what I have gathered, Rise with SAP is an all-inclusive service that takes an organization from the dusty fax machines and filing cabinets, uh, people running back and forth with papers, to an intelligent enterprise in one continuous process until the job is done. So, basically, one point of contact for one price. Is this more or less what this is about, Kate, or am I speaking nonsense to our audience. No, you've got it. That's it. I'd like to describe it in the sense of, and this is a lot of my examples just in my classes and everything often go off of, I happen to be experiencing this right now. And then it just like popped into my, I just think in software examples, I guess. But this one, um, I'm having some work done on my house right now. And it's for kitchen countertops, basically. So let's let's say that you're getting kitchen countertops. I figured out that there's a couple different ways you can do this. One way is much more difficult and requires like me to do a lot more work. And so that would be that I have to find the slab of whatever I want, whatever stone I want for my kitchen. And then I have to pick up that, figure out a way to get that slab to a place that's going to cut it for me. So that's a fabricator. That's just two separate people, right? There's a warehouse, then there's a fabricator. Mm-hmm. And then that person ends up handing it off to somebody else who has to come install it. But I have to find those people too. So I have to do a lot of work and research into figuring out multiple different people who to select, right, to find and go through this whole end-to-end process. Like, I have to figure out the implementation of a new countertop on my own, having never done that before, Mm -hmm. right? Or I figured out there's a much easier way. There are some companies that just do everything for you. And they're like, we've figured out a lot of kitchen countertops. We will take this off your plate and you just pick out what you want and we will do all of the back-end things. So basically, we'll hide that back-end part from you. And then at the end of the day, because everything gets bundled up as a cost under one company, you end up actually working out to usually getting a better deal. So that's kind of the idea with Rise is you don't have to spend so much time investing and figuring out exactly which combinations of solutions that you need for running your business. We can just say, all right, you're going to need a core right? You're going to need a core of your business, core finance, something that defines the organizational structure. Like every company needs that. Basically every process in your business uses that data at some point. I can tell you that because you actually have to configure those things first, right? That's why they're configured first. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we start plugging in all these other line of business areas. And then we start plugging in other potentially different cloud solutions to actually augment or bring in other functionality that you might need, like managing HR stuff, managing your HR system of record. So having that 
guidance and one person, everything being under one umbrella and sort of one contact. So if you have a problem with something, you don't go, oh, do I have to contact the warehouse or the fabricator or the installers? You just go to this one point of contact. So that's the whole idea is just let's make it easier for people because this is what we do, right? So let's put it all together and put some resources together uh, especially since we have a private cloud solution that allows you to convert an on-premise system, whether it's ECC or S4 on-premise, into the cloud. So let's give you some tools that will help guide you there and that analyze your system and prepare it for conversion and, and things along those lines. So it's a collection of resources that come along with the core software itself to help facilitate implement the solution. All right. Yeah, that sounds great. So far fewer headaches, I can imagine. Um, but may maybe we can differentiate this a bit from the traditional SAP cloud implementation. So what would be the difference between a, a RISE implementation, if you will, and um, what we have been doing before that? So with your classic on-premise implementation, you're going to have multiple contracts. It's That's pretty much a given. You're going to have your software contract for your core ERP software and then you're going to have whatever other, maybe um, Ariba for sourcing and procurement or like warehouse management on-premise. Um, maybe, let's see, you're also, of course, going to have probably an implementation partner in there. Maybe then solution manager as like your application lifecycle management solution to facilitate the implementation. So you're just going to have a lot of different contracts for different products. Then say... Maybe you decide we don't want to host this on premise anymore. We're going to have a third party, what we call a hyperscaler, host our software. So basically, they just provide the servers where your software is installed. So Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud Platform would be some options there. And if you decide to do that, now you've got a separate contract with your hyperscaler. So you, again, are having to manage all of these different things. And with RISE, the idea is that everything comes packaged together. So you're going to potentially choose, uh, especially for private cloud, you might want to choose to have your software deployed on a hyperscaler. With, in that case, that contract with the hyperscaler is managed by SAP as well. So say that there is some type of a technical problem and you're not sure if it ends up being on the software side or the hyperscaler side, mm -hmm. right? You just submit a ticket and SAP handles it. Like they work with the hyperscaler if the problem is on that side. So you again have somebody sort of managing the back end things that can get kind of messy and you don't have to go in any circle of, of submitting tickets to different people or anything. So one, one point of contact really makes a big difference for people that have a lot of different software systems and are trying to kind of combine them down as much as possible. All right. Yeah. So it sounds like a breath of fresh air for many of our listeners out there who have probably experienced um, their fair share of past implementation projects or uh, migrations then that always had their own quirks and problems and, and surprises that come up over the course of the implementation. 
that's the hope. There will still always be things that come up, you know, and uh, that's just kind of part of an implementation. And that's really part of the partner's role to manage and kind of facilitate that implementation. I should also mention that part of the rise with SAP kind of concept is relying a lot more heavily on partners to deliver these services to make it scalable and having SAP kind of step back away from because uh, in the past, we would kind of offer similar implementation services. And so, of course, you can still get your implementation provider to be whomever uh, you prefer. But the idea is taking more of a step back where we're focusing on the software and the support and everything. And partners are going to be the ones that are really implementing and providing that type of application management expertise, like industry-specific expertise if necessary. So partners are really kind of leading that to make it more scalable, more feasible to implement this, especially in the world of of converting systems into the private cloud. You know, we potentially have a lot of customers in the next several years that might want to be changing from on-premise over into uh, private cloud. So having partners really makes that possible. Indeed. And um, just to clarify, so based on that early example of when that I used at the beginning, that those organizations that are probably still maybe, let's say, in the 90s and still using lots of paper, fax machines, that sort of thing. It sounds to me like Rise with SAP would probably be the optimal solution for those folks because they are probably quite far removed from uh, maybe knowing what they need in order to get things done. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you start with in the beginning, and this is kind of going off of the idea of providing more of a guided process um, with RISE, is that you will... So RISE, by the way, it is just focusing on cloud. It's public or private cloud. So your first choice is really what fits your needs best as a customer, the public or the private cloud. With a private cloud, you're always going to get more degrees of customization and control. It's really, from a technical standpoint, quite similar to on-premise in the sense that you have full customization capability and um, access to the back end of the system. So even down to the modifying the SAP source code level, whereas public cloud is always going to be a lot more controlled in terms of what you can do. And if you're going to customize something, you're doing it through an application in the system that was designed to facilitate you customizing that thing, because that's just public cloud requires more control and more standardization, I'll say at the end of the day. So the scope as well, like the scope of business processes, all 25 industries are supported for the private cloud solution. The industry is uh, support is a little bit different for uh, public cloud. Public cloud has like core ERP scope. You've got the full everything ERP scope for private cloud. So those kind of knowing those right off the bat can help people make a decision if they're like, well, we're an automotive industry and we need everything specific to automotive, like for our business processes. That's pretty much right away. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a better fit with the private cloud solution in that sense or the private edition. So first, to figure those things out, you work with uh, a salesperson to go through the digital discovery assessment. And that is a tool that actually provides an automated recommendation based on some initial input, based on things like industry. You know, are you planning to convert your system or do a new implementation? If we say converting a system, then we also know it must be private cloud because you can't convert to a public cloud. If it's core industry, 
you're going to be in the private cloud area if it's maybe a smaller, mid, smaller organization, or say a large company wants to kind of split off a line of business, kind of have a line of business spinoff. We've actually seen a lot of customers do what's called a two-tier ERP deployment. So they'll have their core ERP either on-premise or private cloud. Uh, and then they'll take maybe professional services and separate that out and have that be in the public cloud. So with both being the same kind of core software, full reporting, all of that across the two uh, different deployments there. Mm -hmm. And then you also have one system that gets more frequent updates. You've got another system that you don't have such a requirement to update as frequently, and you have more control. You can access the back end of the system. So it's really a lot of it is preference. And then what is your core business and industry? And what do you need from a functional perspective? You know, how many legal entities do you need? How many countries and regions and all of that? Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that segues well into, into my next question. So, um, I'm out of countries, regions, et cetera. Uh, you mentioned auto industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My question was uh, how big or small, uh, can an organization be to benefit from rise? Is this something only for large global, um, businesses? No, not at all. It would, it really, um, I think works for everybody because even for like the smallest organization, uh, small, like a startup type company, probably going to need at minimum core finance, right? So everybody needs core finance to just, you got to have money in the bank to run your processes and do your thing, right? So that type of smaller company and and often, you know, this more of the startup companies, since you're growing up in cloud world, essentially, you're used to standardization and you're used to being like, yep, just have the system set up for me and I'll learn, we'll learn how to do whatever those standard processes are. With more established customers, um, they often and have more particular ways in which they want to do their processes and require more customization, which pretty quickly leads down the path of, of going private cloud. But public cloud is a really great option because a public cloud is always going to be more uh, cost friendly to smaller companies or mid-sized companies. It has the full core ERP scope. Professional services as an industry is really fleshed out as well there. And you do have a lot of customization capability if you need to. You, we just do it in a different way. It's not like you don't need a developer to do it in the back end of the system anymore. You know, you do it through these apps that facilitate you doing those custom fields or custom logic, whatever it might be. But part of the Rise idea, so you make a choice between public or private cloud. And from there, then that kind of directs which kind of implementation resources, you could say, go along with that. Mm -hmm. So then you'd be looking at things um, like you get a certain number of credits to use with the business technology platform, regardless of your deployment there. But with those credits, you can use them to essentially uh, build an integration or, or build a new application and have it hosted on BTP and integrate that into your system. So based on the size of the deal, that all has to do with sales. You are able to, to get a certain number of these credits and you can always purchase more. And the idea is that, again, rather than having to purchase a whole separate license for that functionality, for whatever you might be wanting to do, you can kind of umbrella that license under the main umbrella 
And then there's a couple of extra extra things that come along with, which is what's called a starter pack. So some kind of base functionality with, um, we'll focus on public cloud with Ariba for sourcing and procurement and the asset management network. And if you think of any business, they're going to have a need to have some type of assets. So to procure some type of assets for their employees, probably everyone is going to need at least a laptop, right? So you can use this Ariba, this little starter pack that will give you enough access to set up the little online shopping area where you can select a couple of choices of laptops or whatever your employees need. They can go on there, select their items, get them ordered. And then through Asset Management Network, you're able to also track and connect that asset to the employee because when they leave, that's a company asset that you need to get back. So it's actually like a perfect package of everything that you need to run your core business, plus a couple of extra things that you might not have thought of and ultimately would have to get separate licenses for were they not already wrapped up into this package. So even just, I would say for the smallest company that needs things like core finance and has, I don't know, 15 employees or something, and they all need to have a computer or some type of a technical device. I mean, in this world, that's probably going to be a requirement, right? Yep. That covers really your core needs, plus a little extra. All right. Nice. Um, you, you mentioned something, um, and I uh, just maybe wanted to drill down a bit on that regarding those BTP credits. So mm-hmm. assuming you need some sort of uh, extra help with the integration or some sort of custom configuration, would you be able to explain what a BTP credit is equal to? So is, is that a certain amount of development time or processing power or... or How would you measure a BTP credit? That's a great question. I'm not exactly sure in terms of the measurement sense. I can just explain a little more that, so it's a batch of credits billed annually in advance that that you have that comes with the package. So you can get additional ones if you need them. And then you use them to consume services on the business technology platform. Okay. So it's like a prepaid debit card. You know, and you're using your prepaid debit card to say, we need to set up a couple integrations right now. And so we'll use these credits on our debit card and allocate them for the purpose of integrations. And so it would be slightly different depending on what you're doing. Like if you're setting up a couple of chatbots using kind of machine learning functionality on BTP, or if you're setting up an integration, usually that's going to be. Uh, more based off of like how often the integration is used, the messages going back and forth. If you are building a new application, it's often based on like the user seats or access to to that application. A bot is going to be based on the jobs, whether they're like scheduled, like attended or unattended. So they just run on their own jobs. So each of those, like they they could be sort of each area, depending on what you use it for, has a different way of kind of determining the cost of that overall, I would say, and how many credits are going to be used. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. And going back to maybe the um, the cloud topic. So the cloud has, has been said quite, quite a few times so far in this conversation. And um, I, I know there's, there's quite a few organizations, um, maybe some of our listeners could relate, uh, particularly government organizations that uh, have internal policies about what is allowed to be run on a cloud service and what is not. 
is Rise flexible to these organizations that really need to keep X amount of operations or data uh, on premise? Oh, yeah. In that case, we'd want to go private cloud for sure. And I mean, if they have, especially for like a highly regulated industry or something, um, generally that goes the on-premise route. And when we talk about that, it's it's more from the perspective of, um, because with private cloud, what that means is that you are using a server that is not on your physical property, because on-premise would be you have your own infrastructure, you have your own servers, and you're installing your software and managing those servers yourself, right? So that's literally on the premises. Mm -hmm. uh, if you take that and you put it in a separate location and say, Microsoft owns the building, that's like Microsoft Azure. You know, you're consuming their infrastructure services because they own the server and they're kind of renting the server to you and for you to install your software on that server and you're kind of renting it and paying a monthly subscription fee in a sense there. So with that, some customers in highly regulated industries just have the requirement that the server can be nowhere other than on our own property site. So in exceptional use cases, the private cloud or the private edition allows you to say for your server, for your infrastructure, that's going to be on site. That's actually going to be your own infrastructure. So I think that would be the best fit to that particular solution or that would be the best solution to that particular quandary. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. And maybe one, one final question to, to wrap all of this up. So um, regarding our, our learners, I, I noticed we have a lot of learning journeys um, that are now have basically been renamed or retitled or had rise added to the title of those learning journeys. Could you just quickly go over what the implication of that is for, for their learning experience? What what are they learning differently now that Rise has arrived? That's a great question. And really, you can think of it as S for HANA Cloud or S for HANA Cloud, comma, private edition. So that would be the private cloud version. Those are the products. Mm -hmm. So that is, and really S for HANA, like the business suite for the HANA database is the core product. It can be deployed on premise in a private cloud or in a public cloud. So if we take the private cloud and the public cloud side of it, those two are now attached to this RISE package. So the RISE with SAP is like the package of services and sort of guidance and some resources and tools to help facilitate implementing the solution, making it as easy as possible to get it up and running. Things like the CPEA credits, the, um, the Ariba sourcing starter pack, you know, that type of stuff. That's all within that RISE with SAP package. So the package is just attached to the software. So it's, it's the software is S for HANA Cloud, and it's the public cloud, or it would be private edition, the private cloud solution. And Rise with SAP is the package of extra things that come along with it. So you can't get them separately, right? Mm -hmm. They both go hand in hand with each other. So the official name, because of that, the official name is now Rise with SAP S for HANA Cloud or S for HANA Cloud private edition. So that's why you saw those name changes. But just keep in mind that those are two separate things like Rise with SAP is the package of stuff, of services and resources to help facilitate the implementation and, and also afterwards. And then the S4 part is the core uh, software, the core solution. There are also these things called transformation packages that offer different, it's essentially 
uh, kind of a, um, a menu of options. So if it's the um, Rise with SAP HXM transformation package, that would be the human capital management and, and experience management. So then they kind of give you a menu of, so the assumption is you're starting with S4 because we need to have a core. Mm-hmm. And then you can select a couple of things. So you can select success factors, employee central, and you can select Qualtrics. So you can select a couple of things from that menu of additional things to plug in to your package. So it's really just a naming thing. Okay. And what that means as well is that for all of those learning journeys, the foundational course for all of the learning journeys, all of the S4 cloud or private cloud learning journeys is this course S4C P01. So this planning strategies course that helps you get a full kind of comprehensive understanding of all of the deployment solutions, deployment options for S4 itself. And so that now this rise content is talked about and, you know, much more prevalent because it's it's an important thing to understand at least and be aware of. So part of it's just naming and the other part I suppose to address what you asked about additional knowledge just there is now rise content in all of the learning journeys. All right. Kate Wilson, always a fountain of knowledge. Uh and and the learner should know um we, whenever I do invite people onto the podcast I always send a short agenda with some questions that I want to talk to people about and uh I've thrown a, f- a couple curveballs, a couple unplanned questions at Kate, and she answered them just as smoothly as the ones that she had been aware of. So <laughs> there you so. have it. I mean, it's generally <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I tend to teach a lot, so <laughs> yeah. I hope it helps. <laughs> there's, no, there's no fooling, Kate. Thank you, Kate Wilson, for joining us once again. Thank you. All right, folks, that's it. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.